Rituraj Sarkar and this is our first podcast that we are doing, me and Eduardo Ricciari. Uh, we are final year film students and what about you, Edo? Yeah. What do you do? So I'm a film student in the Met Film School and today we'll be discussing about coronavirus and how it affects, you know, our countries after and how it kind of came to be. Um, also, first of all, we'll, be, we'll, be, we'll be doing podcasts every week uh, about new topics and we'll see. We'll see how it, we take it from here. Yeah. So let's start with, I was looking here on the site of uh, Worldometer and it says now, okay, one second, huh? we just reached 1,040,000 cases now. Really? But of course, it's much, much more than that, probably much more because here in the UK, for example, they are not testing a lot. Well, in the US, they are testing like much, much more. But apparently US has like 10,000 testings per day. No, no, 100,000. Are you sure? Let me check. But I think it's like 100,000. I'm pretty sure. Because I think US is testing at least 10,000 a day, which which was a huge criticism of the US uh, health, health services. But uh, yeah, obviously, if you're doing if they're doing hundred thousand cases a day, that's a lot. So yeah. Okay. The US is now doing a hundred thousand tests. That's a lot. Because because before um, they were saying, oh yeah, you're not doing enough tests, and then Donald Trump was like, okay, we'll start start doing tests. Yeah. And they ended up doing like you know now hundred thousand. Like Germany is doing fifty thousand a day. Yeah, Germany is doing a lot, which which is a lot given that they have half the population, maybe less than half the population of US. So 50,000 tests a day is a lot of tests. Thing is yeah. that comparatively, guess how many tests does India run every day? Prof, I mean, you're 1.2 billion. So I guess like what, 10,000 a day too? No, we have just done 2000 tests. In fact, when in total. I- yeah, it, no, no, no. Every day we are doing 2,000. Ah, okay. What the fuck? But all over the country. So that's not a huge number. In fact, when um, I came from UK, my experience was that obviously you're paranoid. Someone, like, I'm, I'm sure everyone who's going through this lockdown, they're facing some kind of anxiety or something over the fact that, first of all, very little is known about the disease. What we mm-hmm. hear on the news, it's mostly noise. There's no facts. Like even when you call up a helpline, they'll give you abrupt numbers. They will never give you proper numbers. Abrupt numbers in the sense that they will just tell you, okay, maybe uh, the incubation day is 7 to 14, but there have been some cases which have popped up after 21 days or 22 days, which is, which is like, you know, I mean, for us, like people like us who really think about these things, who have anxiety issues, and um, I think well, it's, it creates more panic than it creates. Clarity. I know, I know what you mean, but I think it's. I don't think they're doing it because they don't know, because they're doing it on purpose. It's just because no one knows anything about this thing. And this is like, like they're slowly discovering, slowly they're discovering more and more things. And the problem is that, which is something we'll discuss about a lot, is that, that there's no, no one was prepared for this, especially for this type of virus. But in the sense that at the beginning, if you notice, like, you know, they kind of underreacted. You know, there wasn't yeah. really. And then when they realized it was kind of actually serious, they overreacted because they were underreacting before. And so yeah. now they have this 
like you know I think they overreacted completely because uh, putting the whole world on stop mm. is not something that you that you can do. You cannot do this. The whole mm. world is stopped. Think about it. Like literally one fourth of the world population is on lockdown at the moment, which means airlines don't work, uh, shops are closed, and all of this. So I think mainly it's because they weren't prepared, but also about the facts part is because they don't know much about it. Like just recently they discovered that the, um, uh, basically, you know, they discovered that the virus doesn't really kill you, but it's you that you kill yourself. Uh, yeah. You read this. No, but it's, it, that, that's, that's what it's, it's called. I think it's called a cytokine storm. Which, which literally means your, um, what is it called, your body immune system overreacts to the virus and uh, creates, like, so basically it, it like inflames the lungs, which I'm, I'm guessing, I, I don't know, you have to tell me the, the exact... Uh, well, no, actually it, it doesn't inflame the lungs, but like in the sense that, okay, for like, for most people, it just you get the virus, uh, you your body fights it, uh, it's over like a flu. For most people, uh, for, no, sorry, for for a few people instead, which they don't know how it happens or why it just happens, and it happens like in the matter of like twenty minutes, like literally twenty minutes, your body starts overreacting to it. So the virus doesn't attack anything. The virus doesn't attack your, your lungs, nothing like that. It's just your body overreacts to it, mm. and it kills itself, and. The thing is that the, the reason why we really have too much facts about it is because we don't know, they still don't know why this happens. It's like, it just happens, which is very strange, which, uh, I mean, that's why there's not yet uh, a I, vaccine. I mean, no, I mean, uh, cytokine storms have been reported before as well, because a lot of disease, they actually cause this overreaction from the body. There's actually a treatment for cytokine storms. Um, that is not the part the government or any uh, medical body is worried about because they know how to treat cytokine storms. The problem is that they don't know how to treat the disease itself because okay. pneumonia is alone. Pneumonia is treatable alone. The uh, I think most of the symptoms that we show is treatable. It's just that coronavirus itself, the way it attacks, I don't know what part of it is not treatable. And it's, it's, the thing, these are things that are never answered because obviously, as as we know, the, the disease is like six months old, but it has cost like, not not even six months, it's been how many months? Four, five months? Less than that. It started in February. So February, no, March. I think the first case was reported in Jan. It says it, here. It actually, it actually has precedent. Ja oh yeah, sorry. January 22nd was the first yeah, case. Yeah, the first case was reported in Jan. And even there's this guy... Um, I don't remember his name, but I think he reported that he got symptoms in November. And the symptoms took eight, four weeks to develop into something more serious. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, when it gets serious, you don't really... Because, for example, many people, like, they, 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 you know, they have mild symptoms, they have fever, so they stay home. Because the government says, stay home if you have fever. Only if it gets serious, go to the hospital. So many people stay home. But they never know, kind of a not anyone, but, you know, at this point, pretty much to anyone, you can just immediately develop, like, a serious case, which is, like, you get pneumonia, then you have to go. And that's the thing, like, when you go to the hospital, they don't give you, like, a cure. What they do, they just put you on life support, and then it's really pretty much up to your body to survive or not. That's the, th that's the problem. And you can stay in life support. The problem is that you can stay on life support for even two months, three months. That's why 
I think they're, they're saying flatten this curve, which is something you keep hearing, is because people stay in the hospital for so long that they uh, they need to have the least amount of people in the hospital. That's why. Okay. Can we talk about this in, in like the chronological order that it started? So yeah. it started in China, in Wuhan. Let me Wuhan. see one, one exactly. So it started in Wuhan, yes, and it was like beginning of January. Okay, that, that's the first case reported, which which was in the Wuhan, Hubei province. Apparently, yeah. um, the story from China is that uh, it started off as like now coronavirus is a zoo is is one of those viruses which have transferred from animals to humans that's the official story yeah uh, and it's yeah, it's, it's, it's it's yeah it, it's apparently a zoonotic virus right or oh, what is it called i have no idea what is zoonotic yeah so i think it's a zoonotic virus which basically means that it transfers from um an animal to humans uh so in in this case it started off in um, china's wet market in wuhan yeah. which is very prevalent it's an illegal wet market which sells almost every species that you have ever seen like literally mm-hmm. um it sells even live bats live pangolins and pangolins is apparently the the animal which transferred this coronavirus to us okay so and it got transferred around the time when china is has the busiest period of uh, social gatherings which is around uh, the chinese new year but what happened was that we know that the chinese new year was cancelled now the thing is that i feel that this disease is pointing towards a failure of um of 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 not just china but as well as uh the world health organization we'll come up we'll we'll, we'll talk about that more later but mm-hmm. i i i think so that this this definitely indicates that world health organization is not the body which we thought it would be okay mm-hmm. um so after china then it moves to um, so uh, the thing is that i read that the first patients arrived in europe he yeah. landed in berlin for a business meeting and then he went to uh, milan which is why Italy became the first European country to actually experience the virus in a high uh, manner. Like, uh, I'm not sure exactly how it happened, but they say Bishin Zero is this businessman who came to uh, Milan and then he left. And from there it spread. Uh, and then it came to uh, Spain, France, Germany, and the UK was kind of the last one to really start you know, getting a lot of cases. So China, because it's the epicenter, obviously it it had over eighty thousand cases, out of which seventy thousand people recovered. Okay. That those are the official numbers. Now, exactly, because like you know, you can say that it's very strange that it got such low numbers. Uh, yeah, so it's it's eighty thousand, and then seventy thousand of them recovered, and uh, there were around I think how, how many deaths? Around uh, three thousand. Three thousand deaths. Uh, three thousand two hundred. The next point of contention is Italy, and especially the north of Italy, like Milan, Lombardy, um, 
what else? Uh, Lombardy and uh, I think there was one more town. Um, Bre 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 uh, Bergamo. Bere Bere. Bere. Sorry. There was one more. There was one more town. In Italy. In Italy. Brescia. No, no it, it's near Lombardy. Torino. I, I don't. I, I don't. I think, I, I think it was Torino. Yeah. I, I think so. So um, so Italy got affected, which is where you are from. Your your mother's actually a doctor mm -hmm. in Italy. Mm -hmm. um, and can you tell me how the situation was around that time when it first started and how it is now right now? Well, the thing is that I can tell you what they told me from there because I wasn't there. But from what they told me is at the beginning, it, no one was taking it seriously. Like in the sense that people were just... You know, of course, the government started putting like, you know, maybe saying, okay, maybe go out only if necessary, um, you know, uh, just to get food or, you know, like don't go in groups of five or more. But people weren't taking it seriously. Like, I remember they were telling me, oh, yeah, China just built a whole hospital. And they're like, yeah, they're overreacting. You know, this is nothing. And then slowly we started getting more cases and more cases. And people started to change their mind when hospitals started being full when hospitals started being like full and like there was no more space and they were like you know doctors were doing like double shifts because they they had no staff your staff was getting sick that's when people were like okay this shit is serious and i think italy even though they say yeah we reacted too late we actually didn't react way too late like we put like quarantine quite early on like i remember i think it was like beginning of march they put the quarantine while the UK, you know, as, as you know, they chose a different direction. But it took, it still took a while for Italy to understand how serious this was. But again, it happened that thing where it's underreaction and overreaction, I think. What, what about, like, obviously it, it affected the economy in Italy, I'm sure. And uh, it, it, it will have future impacts as well. But the thing is that, what? why do you think so that they went into lockdown so late. Like, what was the reason? I think the reason is the same reason that the UK had. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think it's because uh, basically they didn't want, they knew that if they closed everything, the economy will go to shit. Like, they know that if you start closing shops too early, then, you know, in the sense that the end of the quarantine will be at the same date. But the beginning, you know, of course, would be earlier. So you would have a closure that would be longer and it will damage the economy much more. But in the end, I think it will, everyone realizes that the economy is going to go to shit anyway. So they just, I think that's why they, they waited that much to put the, the, the quarantine. But also because they don't want to inflict panic into the people. Mm. So I think if you just, in, in one day, if you close schools, if you close bars, if you do everything in one day, then it's panic, mm. you know? But if you kind of like, you know, do it slowly like in the uk they did it very fast in a way but it's still very like i remember like you know they said on the wednesday they said let's close uh, bars on the fridays they closed school on the and on the monday they did quarantine and this you won't what and i think they decided everything the day before i mean on the tuesday but because they could not do it all at once they just kind of like spread it out more so that i think also that's a reason why they they waited a bit more well, do you not do you not think so that uh, when Italy Italy went into lockdown, like um, so before that before that, I think it 
innately because I have seen a lot of articles where it says that China has a lot of influence in Italy. And even we spoke about it that uh, mm-hmm. China almost owns most of the top businesses in Italy. And they have a lot of Chinese investors. Um, even when um, coronavirus affected it, before coronavirus affected Italy, it was a, such a big thing. Apparently, one of the mayors uh, in, in, in uh, Milan, he, he started this campaign which said, Hugger Chinese. That was, he, that said, was he, he said what? That uh, Hugger Chinese, like hug a Chinese person. Ah, Hugger Chinese. Oh, okay. Yeah, so apparently, uh, like, that was, um, that was like just to make sure that people are not racist against Chinese people. Um, and, I don't and like it. it. It shows the influence of China and how much how much influence that they have bought in slowly or like mostly in in Italy in most of the Western world. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, it it's kind of shocking that um, China had such less numbers. I mean, I'm glad that at least one one country has such less numbers. But where, there's there's whereas, a reason also. Whereas people who have migrated from China were so reluctant to take lockdowns and now we, we are seeing numbers rise every day. Italy, it, now China is the fourth highest numbers. That That is what is shocking, that China has the fourth highest numbers, whereas yeah. Italy, Spain and America, America is growing every fucking day. So um, first it's America, then it's Italy, then it's Spain. So but here's the thing, like, I think every country is like America. I mean, of course, America has 300 million people, so it's different. But I think yeah. every country is like America. Just America is just testing more. That's the thing. Yeah. It's not... Uh, talking about the, the influence of, like, China to um, Italy. Yeah, like, it, it's it's so weird that um, if they have so much influence, then why not... And, and like, you, you kind of, like, you know, see that Italy is probably China's ally. Like they have so many investments, they they should be protecting their first investment, right? Like uh, they sort oh. of are, they are kind of I mean, in the sense that I mean I don't know if I think China has kind of like control over every European country. Like China owns lots of London, like they they own. I mean I'm not sure how much, but they do. And the thing is that, for example, like I think it was two years ago there was like a um, an earthquake in uh, in uh, China. And uh, Italian people went to help, mm. and they helped with the, the 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 people who you know lost their homes and all of that. And I don't know if you heard that many Chinese doctors came to Italy to to help. They say that it's because there's like kind of like a reciprocity. You see, yeah, yeah. kind of like I help you, you help me, and it's kind of like there's always been kind of good uh, relationship between us and China. So I think. That's also why, I don't know if it's all, all about control, of course it's all about money, it's also always about money in the end, but I think it's also because there's kind of a good relationship between us and China. No, but I'm, I'm saying that, I mean, if I know you, like let's say I know you, and I know that this is the disease that struck my nation first, and, and you are like, you're, uh, you're like one of the people who I know very closely, I'm, I'm going to try to warn you, I'm going to try to tell you that. Listen, take this, take this seriously. Like, why, why China, I, I don't get why didn't China do the same with Italy? I, I don't get. Is there such less global what is it called um, coherence between governments that 
they don't even uh, warn other countries about the severity of like a disease or like i mean it's up to the country whether they pay heed or not but at so least you say you're saying why china didn't warn us about the disease yeah like why yeah. why not why not i i get it they had their hands full but uh, they they should have told at least the italians because they have so so many relationships with them they have people who are coming as you said there you have this kind of reciprocal relationship where you give them something and they give you something and um, i don't get it why why didn't china try to warn italy and try to Same. stop yeah. like you know how they stopped it at 80000 at china which is let's say it's an alleged figure um why not do the same with italy like obviously they know that italy doesn't have um the same kind of resources that china has like italy can't build mm-hmm. 10 hospitals in in 10 10 or 15 days uh, yeah. that china did um i don't get why why they couldn't just do it i say i don't get it honestly i don't uh, of course you know that in china they have a different type of you know government it's not really you know uh where you can speak your own mind so i think it's i don't know like honestly i don't know why maybe it's economical interest they were just wanted to man- they thought they could just stop it themselves i have no idea but for example like i respect that italians and even though no one listened to us we tried to warn other countries if you remember like we kept sending doing interviews with like uk journalists saying you know even in like in hospitals being like you know this is you know bad you know you, you do do something and now the uk is even worse than italy like when it was you know you know the uk is like two weeks behind italy and uh, at the point where italy was the uk is much worse it's, yeah. it's going up much quicker i, I was seeing a shocking statistic where i think it uk has now 30000 cases around 30000 cases 30 38000 yeah 38000 cases but the number of people recovered are just 135 whereas the number of deaths are already 3000 which is very shocking very alarming which is like oh oh my god like we left the we, we left uk we, i mean we both were there when all of this started um we saw how exponentially it grew in the uk after after mm-hmm. it, we saw it first and how exponentially it grew you remember the first few weeks when uh, we even us we saw few cases especially in brighton when there was this guy who came from i think um who came from china or maybe australia and he mm-hmm. got it he got it over there and uh he then came and he spread it around he was called the super spreader in uk and uh, yeah those were like few related cases like here and there one or two cases started popping up then suddenly one week it reached 100 first 100 mm-hmm. it took, like i think two or three weeks to reach and then it suddenly went to 200 and and obviously the week it went to 200 that was the week that um, all of us combined few, you me few of our other classmates we we kind of discussed that uh, we shouldn't be going to school anymore yeah that, uh, it's even though the government's not stopping us but we should like just uh, take it up on ourselves as like not just responsible citizens but like um like just just having the conscious and seeing things how it happened how it gradually grew in italy and how it gradually grew in uh, in china uh, we kind of took it up on ourselves when when the cases reached 200 to stop going to school to start slowly exactly. self-isolating yeah uh, 
um, uh, not going to crowded places, um, and following no. these things. And given given that um, the UK wasn't putting any uh, what is it called um, any isolation um, mandates in place. that is when i decided and one of our friends also he decided uh, that we should leave the country and i left on uh, friday i came back to india and he flew back to portugal so you obviously couldn't go back home because italy was in a far worse state um than uk but then after that that same week on the friday i left the friday when i was leaving when my, when our friend left you remember that the cases were 400 from 200 it went to 400 in 3 days and it, then I'm, i'm looking here like it went like it took like a month to yeah. do 1000 cases yeah and then it took like in the next one more month it did yeah. uh, 30000 exactly see that's the thing yeah. and i i still don't get it why people aren't aren't like paying too much attention to this because it's the growth is exponential it's not even like okay one person is spreading it to one person and then uh, uh, it's going to be fine it's going to stop there it's not like that because people take so much time to show uh, symptoms because there's so much so less um, information available and because the point of origin which i think is mm-hmm. the most troubling place it's china i mean i'm not accusing china of any other thing but because because of this i think so many people have been affected don't you think so like i think so too but also like you're saying like why people aren't taking it seriously i think it's because especially young people aren't taking it seriously i think now maybe a bit more but like before is because you know it's the thing as long as it doesn't affect me then who gives a fuck you know like i remember like my sister was on the bus one day and she was hearing this uh, this guy being this girl just just talking on the phone and saying yeah i don't give a fuck you know like i'm um you know 19 nothing will happen to me and you know like there are like old people like wishing next to her so it's like you know if i'm not going to die from it then you know who gives a fuck and i mean it's not she is wrong okay mm-hmm. she's completely wrong every you know everyone deserves you know a chance and everything but it creates an interesting argument because uh, in the sense that there's the economical you know side of it and then there's the life side to it and both have a certain weight and i'm not sure which one has more weight that's the problem i mean it's a social responsibility as well like it's people's social responsibility to stay at home if you're 19 i get it you have all of this energy to always go out and and um i mean come on give is it's happening with us as well where we're not being able to sleep on time our sleeping patterns are mostly really weird either we are sleeping for long hours or we are not sleeping very very for very long hours because we we don't have anything to do like literally whatever energy we get through our food consumption we have nothing to do to burn it out like mm-hmm. as we are staying home all day every day uh, and i get it there are inconveniences that we face but the problem is that the further we delay self isolation the lockdown increases by that much like do you get it like Yeah. Like let's let's say but actually not I don't agree completely because you see yes the more people stay around the more this will last. But okay let's say okay I'm not sure this is true but let's say we do like China did. Okay first we don't do like like they did because they have a certain government where they can do it. But let's say we put everything in quarantine. No one goes out, okay? 
we flatten the curve, as they say. Uh, the thing dies out in let's say, a month and a half, whatever it is. We go back out, uh, fine. After two months, same thing again. Because it's not a virus that just simply goes away. There's no vaccine yet, so we cannot just kill it. It's going to come back. That's, I think that's almost a fact. It's scary. Very scary. It is. It is. And the thing is that it's because, you know, you were saying, yeah, we can stay home and everything. But if it comes back, maybe it's good to have sort of like a way in between having a quarantine and still going out. So people still kind of get infected. You don't overcrowd the NHS. Mm. And you prevent this thing to just... Because in, in the end, if you... Maybe this thing will last six months. But if you do quarantine and then pause again, it can go on for a year, two years, you know? Uh, it's better just to get it over with early. And I think the UK was trying to do this, but in the wrong way, of course. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, the, the, there's also one more thing um, um, that I would like to point out. Like, we, we spoke about UK and we spoke about Italy. Uh, UK, one of the weirdest thing is that most of the world leaders, none of them had uh, the coronavirus. Whereas UK's lack of preparedness kind of showed to how it spread throughout throughout their government. Like their minister, <laughs> come on, bro. I mean, that that's like that's like that one person everyone looks up to and be yeah. like, uh, okay, yeah, uh, he he doesn't have it, so maybe he will all survive it. But I think that 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 actually works better because I think then people will take it seriously more. That if if, yeah. if prime minister can get it, anyone can get it, and then obviously Prince Charles, if you have seen, he's got it. It's, yeah, it's he's better. he's better now apparently. Yeah, it's better now apparently, but yeah, he got it, and um, oh remember remember the day when uh, Tom Hanks got it. That that was like when like okay shit is getting that, serious. <laughs> that was the day I took it seriously. I was like oh my god, Tom Hanks got it. Now, now, now I got it. Now I got it. Nobody. It's not because like it's. I mean, it's Tom Hanks. But the thing is, like when when famous people start getting it, because they have, they can isolate themselves much better from everyone else. Yeah. Then it means okay. That means it can come to any place. Uh, That that got me really scared. That got me like okay, fine. uh, I should start doing it. Remember when we panic bought? I I didn't. That day, I I remember Andre, our friend, and. and okay, we should say names, but they they too, okay. uh, they started panic buying. I remember, and then they left like four days after. <laughs> but I did on online. But the thing is that about panic buying, it's very very like. I think it's. You don't think so? It's a common response by people to panic buy. I think it's almost like I think people have watched too many movies. I gotta be honest. I think people watch too many movies. Yeah, exactly. Every <laughs> fucking uh, what is it called? Um, survival movie like whether it's zombie land or like i am legend or whatever it is shows that you stock up to survive okay but that that's like that's like the uh like the first thing you do mm-hmm. whatever you need you stock up but obviously yeah you have to think about the social um responsibilities regarding that as well like when we bought we didn't buy we just bought enough so that we can survive probably every two weeks yeah and then go out we didn't buy enough so that like uh, like we, we, we completely take everything that's there on the shelves. We bought enough so that like we could survive for two weeks. We don't have mm-hmm. to every week because there's also, also this uh, this because even if we don't panic buy, there's 
there are other people who will be going out and banning them. Yeah. But like I know I know what you mean, like in the sense but the thing is that okay, if we if everyone panic buys yeah. If, if, you know, if like a small group panic buys, then everyone has to panic buy. If no one panic buys, then food will be there. Like the thing is that if everyone stays calm, everything will be fine. Because today I went to the test to the big Tesco, which is uh, in Hammersmith, which is two stops away from my house. Because around here, there's not really much food to buy anymore. And even though in the big Tesco you have more food and stuff, so I went there and it was this queue that went like from the. I think you can put a video then on the screen, but. It, I'll send you the picture. It went from like the entrance and it was like at least 200 meters all around the car park. And you have to keep one meter of distance. And uh, on the entrance, they have a, a sign that says, uh, don't panic, buy, uh, please be respectful. And it, I get it because even if you go there with too many items, they stop you. And if no one kind of panic buys, then the food will be there. But I was trying to get some pasta and there was no pasta. Nothing. Uh-huh. You and your pasta. Nothing. There was uh-huh. nothing. Porco Dio, there was nothing. Yeah, uh, but, but see, that's that's the thing. Like, um, I mean, you panic buy, but if even if you stop one person from panic buying, rest of them are gonna panic buy, and then eventually, like, panic buy is like a chain. One person does it, everyone does it, and even if yeah. no one does it, if people feel that they, like they should stock up. They're gonna eventually panic buy. Like, are they doing it there in India? Oh, now let's come to this place. Now th- this place is like <laughs> this place has has gone far beyond any any country that I have been to. Like, what do you mean? Why? What, what's happening? Like, you you remember? You remember? Like, I came. I, I was there. Um, I spoke to you about Italy long back when things were starting up in Italy. Because um, obviously your parents were there, and I asked you how they were doing and stuff like that. And then we, I, we saw how it happened in UK firsthand. And so then after that, on Friday I took a plane to India. So, yes, India was doing screenings. Yes, they stopped uh, flights from most other countries. They cancelled all visas from exist existing visas from people coming from outside countries. Um, mm. They even cancelled uh, visas for OCIs, which is overseas Indians. Um, and like they they don't have technically an Indian passport, but if they're of Indian origin, they still have relaxed uh, visa rules in India. So they even stopped that. Um, and while coming, we had to fill a form which said that which had we had to declare if we are showing any symptoms. Um, guess what? I didn't have food for 14 hours to stop contamination. Like 14 hours, no food, no drink. Really. Yeah, no food, no drink on the plane. So wait one second, now you've been in quarantine for how long? Now now this is my 21, 21st day. Okay. 21st. So I'm, I'm, I'm in self-isolation. I haven't been quarantined by the government, but the government calls me up every day to check up on me. So uh, to make sure that I don't have any symptoms. See, that's the thing. That's the most irritating part about it. Um, you have to live. So I lived for the first, first since the first day I came here, to the 14th day around, around the 14th day, I lived with this panic and anxiety that I didn't know what was going on, which could have been easily relieved if, first of all, the government let not just public health services um, do testings, but at, at, as well as private health services, because public... So this was my experience when I came from London, and believe me, London's health services are way better. 
my state especially is the health services were very clueless so when you call up the helpline they know basic details and that's not their fault that they know basic details because we know basic details who has not given very clear specifications about what consists a flu and what consists uh, to be uh, like uh, uh, covid-19 right so when you call up the helpline yes they do their regular thing they tell you that okay fine if you feel so just go and have a check so now you physically go and have a check but i can't go out of my house cuz i can't risk contaminating other people so my father goes around he asks a lot of um, private as well as government service so when he goes to the government service there's literally no one there who knows where the testings are going on okay like okay. literally no one at the government hospital knows where the fucking tests are going on and this is in calcutta where which is like one of the four metropolitan cities in india uh which should say a bit other metropolitan cities i think are way better prepared than my city um testings aren't happening enough um there was one more guy who came from london as well uh he came on a different flight he came one day after me he was tested positive that freaked me out even more right so after that i i i started researching on things that people have been doing in india okay so i don't know how much religion affects the western civilization because i didn't see a lot of people praying or going to churches just because there was a virus attack but i'm guessing that did not take place as much as it did here so here religion kind of took over okay religion completely created this frenzy and like this not i won't say panic but like a frenzy like this level of ecstasy that if you start praying if you start drinking bro people started drinking um cow urine what <laughs> hoping that it would cure coronavirus people started drinking cow urine and a lot of a lot of they, they aren't political leaders but they are definitely affiliated to some political party or the other who continuously kept on saying that um um if you drink cow urine now imagine a po- like even if it's like a low level politician okay who doesn't hold like a state state level uh, not even a state level position uh, even a small level politician knows around around like 10 to 15000 people probably okay and if he tells 10 to 15000 people if you drink cow urine it will cure coronavirus then those people are going to start drinking that shit and after that they will they will obviously like it's the same reason why uk stopped people from wearing mask initially because uh, they were like if you wear the mask you feel that you are completely protected against it and then you start you, you start being more relaxed so here that that wasn't the case with masks or anything it was the case with um cow urine so people started more, it's more extreme yes yeah, so people started drinking <laughs> cow urine uh so we we moved past that phase the government started posting like the central government started posting a lot of um what is it called uh, information about that cow urine that's fake the uh, the like the pr side of the central government they started posting a lot of uh, things like that don't drink cow urine it's fake it's fake news that doesn't cure coronavirus and all that shit after that there was this um, there was this news which which came which said that which which happened recently um and in fact a lot of people 
uh, even after the country went into lockdown, there was this mass gathering at a mosque, and people went to that mosque. How many? Uh, around thousand people, eleven hundred people attended. Shit. Attended that thing, and out of them, hundred and ten tested positive. And now it's become so problematic to trace each and one of them to find out where they have gone. But here it says that you have two thousand cases. How that's is that? It's a lie. That, that's right? not the that's not the real number. I'm telling you, that's not the real number. What do you think is the real number? Because they're not doing enough tests. Well, what, do you, the, what do you think it's the real number? I I think it's easily around twenty to twenty five thousand easily, easily mm-hmm. around twenty twenty five thousand. Thing is that so there there are two practices that Indians do in general. First of all, if they have like similar symptoms to the flu, either they deal with it, don't do anything, just sleep it off. Until it gets worse, okay. So that's one scenario that might happen. That a lot of people are dealing with it, haven't really uh, shown severe scena- scenarios, and hence they haven't gone to doctors as of yet. The second scenario is a lot of Indians do tend to take a lot of medicines on their own, self-medicated. Uh, they they try to deal with these things at home. So basically, they take a lot of medicines like paracetamols. A lot of things like um, ibuprofens and stuff like that. So just just to make sure that um, they don't have to go to the doctor every each and every day or whenever they feel a little sick or something. So I think that's also one of the reasons. So the medicine kind of suppresses uh, the symptoms initially, and then obviously you know that the NHS uh, issued a warning saying that ibuprofen. Shouldn't be taken during um, during this time because uh, obviously it caused serious, more serious symptoms than which it shouldn't have, which it shouldn't have caused. Um, but there, there's obviously not enough study. The, the thing is, after that, India, even though it has gone into lockdown, there's there's a lot of stupidity, like a lot of stupidity that I can see all around. Like my 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 city has been under lockdown for. Almost a week and a half. Okay, um, but guess is what? It a complete lockdown, or is it just shops? It's a complete lockdown. Complete. Okay. It's a complete lockdown. Here's the problem with that. First of all, every day I wake up. Now, since I have been self self quarantining, I haven't been able to go out of my house and check it for myself. But since mm-hmm. every day I wake up, uh, I hear noises of cars moving past me, like past my house. Okay, and Every morning, there's at least I can hear 50 to 20 cars moving past my house every day, and I am sure those are not just police cars or not just health workers cars. Bro, that's even here, like on the main. Okay, I live on on a quiet street, but 50 meters from here, there's like a, the main street. Whenever I go go buy shopping or you know, like uh, go for a run or something, you see a lot of cars. Like more, I mean, people. I see people, but it's I can see they're going shopping or they're going for a run or for their exercise. But there are way too many cars. That's the problem. I think even here in the UK, they said, "Oh yeah, uh, the police is too um, uh, pressing. They have to be less pressing." I said, "I don't. I haven't seen a police officer since this thing happened. I see more police before this thing than after." I'm saying, "What?" what? See, see, there's two sides of that coin as well. So India, apparently, at some places, the police is causing a lot of brutality, but brutality in the sense that there apparently there was a news in between which said that 
a person was beaten to death by the police because he went out of out of his house to to get sh- shop uh, to, to go to the shop okay in india in india um and it's it, it happened in my city it didn't happen outside my house but it happened in my city um and yeah that that was the news but after that i've seen that a lot of a lot of policemen have started singing they have started doing the things that they have been doing in italy and uh, they have been wearing coronavirus helmets to spread more awareness and stuff like that but the thing is that the stupidity of people outweighs the the like like the se- seriousness of the disease and i'll tell you why it's because first of all that that thing happened like that gathering happened and 1100 people showed up for that okay, okay fine. fine all right 1100 people showed up for that i get constant texts from people i know saying that i'm bored i want to go out i'm like yes go out but like in some time like just let it let let it play out and then go out okay that's fine that's still fine where they're texting me and they 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 they're saying that okay i want to go out or something like that um but here's the pressing part yesterday there was a video in one of the cities called indore where um a health worker was pelted with stones stones okay yeah what about this why i don't get he, it he, he was pelted with stones bro like he was pelted with stones because apparently he was starting to show coronavirus symptoms which is why oh, he listen was... like here it says coronavirus india doctor spat at and attacked is it this one yeah what the well, why i don't understand why they're doing that, this that's that's also not the worst news there was another police officer who was attacked as well um he tried to be enforce the lockdown so people bashed his head on a stone and then he was admitted to icu jesus christ and and this is obviously the lower rungs of 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 the society the more literate people are still better off i am not going to say that they are far better off but they're still better off comparatively the lower rungs the reason why they're so overwhelmed with the situation is because the government hasn't rolled out payment schemes like daily wage workers which we have a lot like if you can see uh, there was this whole story um, uh, which was covered in india which said that uh, uh, immigrant workers are moving walking from the capital delhi to their to their uh, homelands like to their home states and they were walking they, they apparently some of them died while walking so uh, that's the reason india was one of the first few countries to have corona virus cases in the country one of the very first few countries and still we are somehow underprepared for this uh, epidemic we we saw how it developed in italy we saw how it developed yes we 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 had a lockdown much earlier in stage 2 the government prescribed stage 2 not i don't think so that was the stage 2 but yeah so government prescribed stage 2 um uh and yes we we took a lot of measures much earlier than mu- more western civilizations but still i don't think so that uh the measures were enough and you need to give people motivation to stay at home like even if even if i stay at home i need a daily wage income and i i'm looking at the government to either give me that daily wage income or i'm looking at the government to make sure that the private companies pay out the daily wage that i would have gotten if i was at 
uh, work. Okay. And yeah, because yeah. I, I I don't get it. Like I I think the government should have been like. There's no point in pointing fingers at this point of time. Obviously, we have to stand up as a community community together to help both the help uh, to the health health workers to the first responders like the police people. And also the government, because they they're working tirelessly, I'm sure, to make sure that uh, the us as people are getting what we deserve when we are staying at home. But the thing is, if they don't act fast, more and more people will start going out of their houses and will start trying to find ways in which they can earn money. Because otherwise, money will not let them. Like there was a quote, famous quote in between, where people said that. I am scared. I'm not scared of the virus. I'm actually scared of hunger. So people are scared. Like pe- poor people are more scared of dying hungry than dying of the virus in this country, and which is something that we don't really have in in our country because here the government, of course, is helping people with even like self-employed people. So even if you're like a a freelancer, you still have help from the government. So, you know, if you're um, uh, just an, a worker, you get 80% of your salary. And if you're a freelancer, I'm not sure how, but I know that you still get um, a, a help from the government. So, because I think here we have, a, of course, you're like, what, 1.2 billion in India? Yeah. And you have like, a, and how, I mean, poverty, I know it's a poor country, but it is still very, very poor as a country. Very, very poor. The difference is huge. Between the rich and the poor, it, the difference is huge. The thing is, most of the country is more or less middle class, but still there's a upper middle class and there are low, there's lower middle class. And the difference between the upper and the lower middle class is also a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one more thing that that because I I said that the this kind of attitude is shown in mostly the lower rungs of the society. This kind of uh, attitude is also shown in higher rungs of the society as well. There's a guy I told you who tested positive after he came from UK. He flew through Etihad, um, and then he got tested positive. You know what he did? He came. I came. I came a day before. I came in. I literally went up to my uh, roof, changed all my clothes, took a bath, then came down. And then went straight to my room without even fucking meeting my without even fucking meeting my parents. I haven't met my parents till date. Like yeah, I video call them from London. I still video call them from here. It <laughs> just live below. But obviously, a lot of people don't have the luxury to do that. Yeah. I am fortunate enough to do it. But this guy, he literally came from London. Then he went out with his friends. Bro, he went out with his friends for two days straight. For two days straight, he went out with his friends, and then he got tested positive. He went to malls. He went to I, I don't know for to so many places. And see, that was very stupid of him. But guess what? The way the Indian media reacted was way worse. Literally, the next day when he got tested positive, not only did the media started uh, like you know villainizing him. Or vilifying. Mm-hmm. Basically, they literally started saying that if if these kind of people start doing this, what will other people do? And I was like, wait, why why are you trying to vilify him? He's already suffering. Yes, he's stupid. 
I get it, but he's already suffering from a disease. Shouldn't you be uh, praying for him rather than uh, like you know saying that he's he's such a idiot and a retard? Like on an individual level, maybe yes, you can say it, but literally on national television, they're they're saying that this guy went around places. They literally showed his face. Imagine. Oh, okay. National media. He they showed they disclosed his face. They disclosed where he lived and they disclosed his name. Shit. Okay, that's stupid. That's very stupid. And I was like, what the fuck? I don't, I don't think it's something that would happen here. Like, I, I think... I mean, I know there's there's a difference. So I don't know if people no, would I mean, do it here. So we, you remember the guy, first few cases, when they started getting tested positive, the super, even the super spreader from Brighton. Remember, uh, BBC did not post his name until they got mm-hmm. the rights to post his name. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, even someone like the super spreader who spread it to 14 people in Brighton or around that, or 12 to 14 people, uh, even they, his name wasn't disclosed immediately. It was after he chose to say sorry to all of them. That's when the BBC said, okay, fine, we, we can now release it. Com- it, com- it comes back to the thing about misinformation and not seeing the facts. Because, of course, how can you... I mean, like... If some no one does it on purpose, no one wants to give it to someone else. Uh, and the thing is that I think it's just because it's people weren't informed of what or how serious this was, and so they just kind of acted as normal. We, I think, I want to come back to what, something we were saying before, which is this kind of overreaction. Yes, of course, yes, to stay home and everything, but you cannot stop the world again. You, for example, when there was the malaria or the 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 Black Death back in the 1400s, you know, and especially here in Italy, that was huge. They used to build, like, hospitals or, like, put them in monasteries outside of the cities, in the countryside, uh, where basically, you know, so the sick would stay outside. They would be separated from the city. And uh, so the life still go on in the city and it wouldn't stop. Because now what happened is that, you know, because they were unprepared, misinformed, everything stopped. And I, I don't think it's a good thing. Uh, sorry, my. Okay, so um, I'm I'm gonna stop you there, and I'm just gonna tell you that will be um, so on on the note of a- India India's um, people who can't afford daily food, people below the poverty line. Um, someone is joining today's podcast as Rumel is be one of our uh, fellow classmates she's running this program where they're feeding people daily um her her family is running this program where they will be preparing food for the poor who can't afford food every day daily and also give them rations like things to cook on themselves for themselves and she'll be explaining about this program right now hey rumi hi what's up hello hi so we, we were talking about um, how, uh, like, you know, India has, is not prepared for the outbreak right now. Yeah. And how a lot of people are not getting, being able to afford food day to, on a day-to-day basis. And which yeah. is why the program that you started with yeah. your family is, yeah. is very crucial. And, like, at least people in Maharashtra will, will definitely benefit from it. Yeah. So would you like to tell us more about it? Yeah, so uh, basically, like my as my father owns a lot of inst- like schools and colleges and there are a lot of peons working in there and there and then again there are 
students you know who cannot afford their school fees so sometimes you know like my mother or you know some of the principals in our school take the initiative to pay for them so we were just it was just a thought you know to help the people in need right now we were just sitting and we came up with it that why not you know distribute the basic supplies and if possible because a lot of people in india they live on daily wages like they don't get paid monthly or something like that like they do something and then they get paid and we're not only trying to give them uh, the sanitary stuff but also food cooked food cooked healthy food and some other things like obviously the basic needs which is very important for them and not only in maharashtra but we are also trying to do it out of maharashtra because he's got properties in delhi and other states of india mm-hmm. we are trying as much as we can to help and also there's like if anybody wants to do a donation there is a a number like a bank account that they can do it so yeah like so wait, is the government doing anything to help the people so i mean uh, they have started this uh, fund which is called pm cares fund which mm-hmm. basically is an initiative where people donate money and then they use that to tackle coronavirus as a whole and there are other initiatives which are being taken state wise but centrally i think that's the only one and i'm and then rumi rumi might be able to say more about um uh, like tell me something what kind of groceries or like what kind of staples would they be getting and would would they be getting it weekly or like daily or how's it going to be so i can show you a few pictures like uh, because as we were doing it so my mother she has her own ngo called as help yourself foundation it was under the name of my brother who sadly died due to cancer so it was uh, made for him but then these are the pictures of all the people like this is all the bags of daily supplies yeah so the food that they will be getting is like rice and some uh, how do you say dal in english dal you <laughs> <laughs> say dal like, rice dal or some vegetables like something that pulses. can last them for like okay rice pulse. like the basic pulses and you know something that cannot expire and last for a long amount of time like for months and mm. which can feed a family of 3 to 4 mm. so like uh, those kind of things when it comes to uh, food and then you obviously now that you know sanitation is very important so all the gloves and the mask and the hand sanitizers and then for ladies all their basic needs for their periods all these things like that are being But given are you taking the stuff to their houses or do they have to go out and get it uh so it's a initiative which is both sorry not initiative it's like both the things like uh, i have colleges here right like where i'm staying so in the rizvik college of arts commerce and science we have from 7 a.m to 10 p.m people can come within like not a lot they have to take the police permission and come and take it or else the people who are like you know like somebody from their family is really sick a worker of our house will go with the with accompanied by the police officer and deliver it to their house so it's both 
Okay, okay. Okay, so it's 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 basically home delivery, and you can come and collect it if you want to. Yeah. So, but given that they have police's permission to go out of the house, but so how, how long how long how long will you be carrying on this initiative for? For as long as the lockdown persists, or even after that? As of now, it's just like for now we are just trying to do it till the lockdown because rest we do give a lot of things. Uh, even though it's not a lockdown as uh ramzan is going to come and then our family takes the initiative to as ramzan is a month of good deeds so we do take the initiative to do the same thing in ramzan mm. so we will carry on this later on but now as it's really really important for everybody to get the basic supplies so we're trying to give in as much as we can mm. as of now but how are you um, spreading the word like how because many people maybe you know they cannot afford me a computer or they cannot look online how are you telling people about this yeah so all the teachers from the rizvi uh, education society have formed a group and got connected with their students so there's the students are basically spreading the word to everybody that they know like even as like two days ago i had posted a story of the where the location is and if people want to donate how they can donate so basically it's just a mouth word and through instagram through facebook every social media like that and uh, yeah basically that's what we are doing maharashtra is obviously one of the highest cases of coronavirus right now in yeah. india i think which part have... of is it like east or west of india uh, it's it's uh, west it's west and it's the, the financial hub of india so it's mumbai yeah. where okay. she stays and where um we have the highest number of coronavirus cases around there so my my only concern my biggest concern about mumbai is if it hits the dharavi so there's there's, there's like this um slum area in mumbai where like i think per square kilometer there are 1400 residents per square kilometer or something like that and imagine like if it spreads to one house it can spread to like around 1400 people in just like that or i think per square kilometer is like 100 people i, I don't remember exactly the number uh, imagine but also how how do you, how do you test in those places because they cannot afford probably going and get a test so how so, uh, how do you know how many uh, people have it you cannot know government tests are free uh, but where you know that's the biggest fear in india what's going on because uh, a lot of people do not want to get tested like even when i came back my parents were like no we are not going to get you tested not because we couldn't afford it but the fact that india is taking this into a very different level of scare at this point like they're just like you've come from outside it's like you have it like nobody knows like they're not it's not an okay you have the option of what you, you don't you don't know the amount of scare like we were scared when we came like me and her when we came back uh first when we used to come back indian and indian nris were seen seen as like this holy grail or some shit like that yeah now now when we came back we were, we were we felt like we were uh, infiltrators we in the country i'm coming back yeah. to our home country we were like genuinely petrified because the way they were treating us like even right now if i accident if i sneeze due to dust or due to my nose having a tickle my will freak out 
she'll just yeah. be like, why are you saying even, even here, uh, even here. I was, I was really scared. Like, and, and I think that all boils back to the fact that there's not enough information. Like people, people don't know what's the difference between like, let's say an allergy a sneeze and like a, a common cold sneeze and like a COVID sneeze. Because there is no, like, literally no fucking difference between all three of them. And, I mean, yeah, they, they have, like, you know, those uh, infographics on online which say, okay, this is uh, common cold, this is uh, flu, and this is, uh, sorry, this is common cold, this is allergy, and then there's this is COVID-19. Still, you kind of, I, I don't know, I mean, you kind of still... They're kind of the same. They're very similar to each other. Yeah. But also, you, you need to, like, what they need to do is go house at per house and just test everyone and give them like antiviral uh, oh, shots so they can no, prevent that would be logical if india was a small country india is a country worth 1.7 billion people and oh, 1.2 huh? 1.2 whatever 1.2 billion it's people it's still a lot of people <laughs> exactly it's still a lot of people and you might not know like the it might be more now like there are so many births which are not registered exactly fuck i mean fuck it's, it's so... you're fucked it's it's fucked for you yeah <laughs> and then it's just that there are i think media is playing the worst role in everything because in india if you like my dad he has this habit of watching the news every day so it's like you wake up to, you know, like, it's had, um, it's a very sad thing to say right now, but they've made this a religion problem. Like I was just going through yes. Instagram and yes. coronavirus has now become a religion issue. And I'm just like, what? I was, I was going to just tell you this. At the, the mosque gathering that I told you about, that we spoke earlier about, you know, it's, it's, it's stupid. I don't give a shit whether a gathering happened. It's stupid whether you gather in a mosque, in a temple, or a church. But the thing is that now they're kind of spreading it as like, oh, people only gather in mosques. I'm like, it's not a communal issue. This is literally, uh, we have to we have to look at it as like a whole country. Like at this point of time, when we need to stand up as a whole community, India is still divided in its own uh, religion problems in its own state problems and like we don't we i think we have forgotten as like a country to stand up for each we've other forgotten, and, we've forgotten the real meaning of diversity in this yeah part. like like there's there's no there's no there's no sense yeah, of community we all get it that we are in a very very mm-hmm. difficult situation and then at this point when you were you know having a gathering was not the best option but you cannot just stand up and accuse you know like saying that it happens only in mosques like which which is really not right so that's what i don't get that irrespective to whatever happens in india why does it always end up becoming a religious matter is india sorry you know how uk is more like north and south are very divided do you have the same in india where you have like everything North and South is divided. Uh, not so it's 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 all all divided. Like uh, no one sees eye to eye with each other. Yeah. Um, it's, think, now it's not become of the area. It's become more of the religion again. Religion. Yeah. It's the worst thing to say right now because the world is going ahead, and I think that we are coming back towards when it comes to religion and stuff like that. 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was so stupid. There was so many um, TikTok videos. Imagine, like, imagine <laughs> how bad the media has to be in a country that they fucking resort to TikTok videos, show, showing TikTok videos of uh, <laughs> of literally Muslim people saying that um, uh, saying that um, oh, uh, we don't get we won't get coronavirus because we do namaz. Like literally, the media is showing TikTok videos of people of Muslim religion. I mean, that's so funny. Believe then it's good for you. Like everybody yeah. has different different beliefs. If somebody is taking the initiative to stay at home and pray, then yeah. what's the big deal? I mean, it's his choice, his or her her choice. Like okay, they are praying. Like even today, my mom is praying. She's asking me to pray, not hoping that okay, fine. If you pray, you're not going to get coronavirus. <laughs> You have nothing to do at home. Might as well just go and pray. So the Ill- illiteracy, like, so in other countries, people are just stupid. But yeah. sure, the problem is that people are stupid and people are very. Uh, they have enough pride to not and listen to other. Influenced about every little thing. Like, if somebody tells that if you ha- you have a headache or you fell down and your head is bleeding and that causes coronavirus, people will believe it. People will actually believe it. So the media has a lot of power in this sense. Oh my god, a lot, <laughs> a lot so, of power. So the government kind of controls the media, right? Uh not true. But there's we are supposed to be a democratic country, but the thing is that today a new um, this thing came out. Came out uh, a research came out which said that India's freedom of press. Thanks, one fiftieth, one fiftieth in the whole world. Uh, guess who's above us? China, South Sudan. <laughs> we are a country of one point seven billion, and South one point two billion, and South South Sudan is above us. So you have more, less free press than Sudan. Exactly, South Sudan. Jesus That's just Christ. so interesting to know, like. God. But the worst is China because China, it was a big problem because of course yeah. the the yeah. they couldn't get stuff out of the country, so that's why there was much misinformation. China and its uh, freedom of press, because I think that's that's a good way of segueing to the fact that this whole thing started in China, and we could have it could have ended in China. Like literally, it could have ended in China if. Proper- I'm not sure it could have. I'm not sure it could have ended in China. I think it was inevitable it was going to go out, but it could have been. You know, it controlled have, earlier. It, you know, it, it could, could have been prevented. It could have in China because I've been reading up on China and. Um, I am going. Taking a leave. See you, Rumi. Anyways, uh, so yeah, when it started in China, so we start from the top. When, when it started in China, uh, basically the problem was that. There, there wet markets when SARS initially broke out back in the day. Yeah. Um, they were told to get rid of their wet markets completely, have a permanent ban on their wet markets. Mm-hmm. But as as SARS wasn't that that like contagious, and plus it had a way higher death rate, whereas it had um, way less. Uh, 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 and it had it spread less. Yeah, it, it's it spread less, and also the symptoms sh- were 
the, it showed symptoms far faster than um, the current COVID virus, the COVID-19 virus. Um, and that, that was fine. So that was fine. So SARS didn't have that bad of an effect. Uh, whereas, whereas right now, this disease, it, has, it is much more contagious and the death rate is so variable, like over people, people in the older ages, they, they are much more susceptible to it to people, compared to people who are like, let's say our age or maybe which is 25, 26 and people below our age have even less death rate, death, uh, inf- like mortality rate compared to everyone else. Um, um, my, my point is that um, China could have stopped this in, in the initial stages. So if, if they would have just mm. not hit it and put it under the... Like, it, it could have been stopped. No, no, like, I don't think it could have been stopped. It it's... could have been stopped after they saw SARS happening. It could have just stopped the wet market. And now we wouldn't have wouldn't be facing this at all. No, I think you cannot, be, you cannot stop it because, okay... The SARS was different because SARS was something that uh, was much less infectious, much less. And yeah, of course, it had like, what, 10, 15% mortality rate. I don't know, really, I'm just guessing. I think it was much higher. But no, 10%, I think so. 10%, sorry. And But the the RO, which is the, the how many people you infect, uh, it was like one or something like that. It was very like, In fact, one other person, while here is like between 2.5 and 3, which is double or a bit more the thing is that this is something that no matter what happens i think in my opinion and i think from what i read and everything in my opinion everyone is gonna get it at one point so it's not something you can really stop what they could have done is say to the people to other countries okay there's this virus prepare let's prepare together like let's work out a plan to make this the least amount of damage as possible, but it was inevitable, inevitable that it was going to, like, you know, affect every single That's country in the world. No, the thing is that today, when I am here and I am on, I'm doing this podcast, it's because I'm, I'm really outraged by the fact that it's not really going to affect people who are influential or who, who are rich, as to say. Like, it's, it's really not going to affect them. Maybe, yeah, it's going to push their plans back by a year or two. Like whatever they would be, or maybe six months, not even that bad. Okay, maybe six months. But for people, like let's say, a lot of people take debt and like loans to go to colleges, right? Student debts is a very common thing. And uh, imagine those people, what initially, like let's say a lot of people, like a lot of people go from uh, village areas in India to city areas to study. And they have taken out a loan to go and study because obviously cities are more expensive and stuff like that. People in who have traveled this far, and now because of this virus, like not just not just the uh, physical physical implications that it might have, but the economical implications that this virus has. I think the damages are ir- irreparable. Like imagine if I had taken out you know, ten thousand ten thousand rupees or yeah. ten thousand pounds, for example, and um, I I knew that I'm going to finish my course in two years. Mm-hmm. At the end of my two years, I it's it, it got extended for another six months. No, that's, I understand what you mean, but that's that's five thousand pounds more that I have to maybe pump in to finish that two-year course which I was supposed to finish. 
and it's all because of one country it's all because and i'm i'm not i'm not i'm not blaming you have to understand that i'm not blaming the people of the country i'm blaming the organization that handles the people but actually the, i don't think i don't think it's only one country's fault because in the sense that i think okay in 2008 about 12 years ago there was a you know the huge crisis which affected a lot the, the us sorry swine flu No, 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 the, the the crisis, the economical crisis, sorry. The economical crisis, yeah. Yeah, which affected a lot of the US and uh, um, not as much us, but it affected a lot, a lot of, you know, Greece a lot, for example, Italy, yes, but not as much. And uh, after that, we thought, okay, this is the end of cap- capitalism, you know, this is the end, let's move to something else. No, we got, came back to the same, we started doing the same exact mistake. So people started saying, this is going to happen again. This crisis is going to be even much bigger. And guess what? The virus didn't just... The virus wasn't something that caused the, the, the crisis. It just made it accelerated its happening. It just happened... It should have happened in five years. Instead, no, it happened now. The virus just showed something that was inevitable that was going to happen. So I think the problem isn't really like China being blamed for, I mean, yeah, she has some fault for not telling us, but the thing is that it's, the problem is more like to be with the society as a whole and how uh, we deal with, you know, our economy and it's, it's, I mean, I think we're, we're seeing kind of like the system that we're living in now kind of falling apart, in my opinion. Like, I think it's more like a global crisis. Oh, but like, I'm, I'm just seeing it and every night I study about these things. And I study about the WHO and I study about China and how it conducts most of the things. Um, it's China, given its population, is still one of the world's most advanced countries. Mm-hmm. China not only... WHO is was was created so that such kind of health crisis is not happening. The UN was created so that uh, World War II does not happen again. Mm-hmm. And... WHO was created so that this kind of pandemic does not happen again. The whole fact that they, they let it go from it affecting one country to all over the world. Now it has affected more than 150 countries all over the world. It's over all, all, all continents except for Antarctica. And <laughs> yeah, obviously, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the thing that, that is what eats me up. I was, I'm like... Someone should be held responsible, and and it's, it's not for people like us. It's, it's no, I know, I know. That there are people like there are people who would be going out, won't be able to go out of their houses, and literally that means that they won't get food on their table. There will be people who would have sons uh, or daughters studying in their um, universities. It, it, it would be studying in universities, and just because this virus came into action, not not just that. Look, the government, the no, rich—they're just gonna—they're just gonna go back. No, but I completely, I completely agree with you that you're saying that you know these there are people who will be affected by this. But in a sense, I'm not saying that that's that's not right. I'm just saying that it's not someone who's—it's everyone who didn't handle this in the right way. I know World Health Organization is supposed to handle this, but every go, but every every government. I mean, World Health Organization. Yes, it's has to bring all the countries together but the way they handled this was just even the plans they had they're completely wrong like they, they their plan is let's stop the whole world because of some virus no you gotta isolate the 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 the, the sick 
from the healthy so the the world can keep going because the world this the thing is that okay think about shops like a shop what is the thing they sell things if people don't buy those things you don't make money simple as that one third of all the shops in italy are not going to open again after this crisis they're going to stay closed because they cannot reopen it's so sad that's that's exactly yeah. What what uh, I'm I'm saying that and someone should be held responsible. Like yes, we as a as a community we like to hold people responsible, not feel that it is our own fault. But there are people who definitely had no part to play in this. Definitely, like we we still came from affected areas. We flew and maybe people can still blame it on us, saying that uh, yeah, you guys brought this to this country. But the problem is that there are some people who just do their jobs every day. who just live day, day as a day comes like uh, they would just go to work they will work for us come back home and uh, with the money that they get from work will eat their food that night and then again think about tomorrow tomorrow now imagine mm-hmm. for them, this this process like literally put everything on, on like hold literally everything and yeah. i'm just how how like Okay, I I still have a roof on my head. Some people don't even have roofs on their head, and and I I I honestly don't get how the government uh, governments of the world, government of China, uh, and WHO let this go from one affected area to the whole of China, then to the whole of the world. Yeah, I think also the problem a lot is, for example, like okay, a friend of mine was telling me this the other day. He was saying. I think this should show us that the real heroes are the real people who really matter are uh, healthcare workers, people who work in in uh, doctors, because these people, for example, in the UK, let's say here, uh, Boris Johnson, he's someone who. Sorry. Uh, I'll start again. Uh, in in the UK, you have uh, Boris Johnson at the power, who he is someone who heavily cut down the budget of the NHS. He is someone who. who kind of like you know is more for the rich and less and um, more and less for the poor and you can see this now because of course the nhs in uh, in uh, in the uk the healthcare system is compared to the europe is shit and in lombardy where the the virus is the most is the epicenter of the european virus has one of the best healthcare systems in europe and it's crashing down and the uk is much much worse healthcare system. it's going to crash down so i think this should show us that we have to like kind of point a lot our budget our money to these people to healthcare workers to people who really they should they're, they're saving lives at the moment and it's a problem this is what i'm saying like are we not done with enough war like are we not done with enough war like are we not done with people taking lives shouldn't we be focusing on a better world for every citizen shouldn't we be putting money in sectors like science uh, health education for people to be more literate better having better health and both mental and physical and also uh, in science and technology so that some day maybe uh, living for 200 years wouldn't be a surprise like right mm-hmm. now i have to, I have, to, I, have to, i have to wait and find out how 2022 Twenty one hundred is gonna look like. I'll never find yeah. out, but it it would be a dream to see how twenty one hundred looks like. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. Like countries prioritize things which don't really matter. And I yeah. if if 
this virus teaches us anything is that human without human resources no government means nothing in the world yeah and, and i think they, clapping clapping outside the window doesn't help shit yeah, it doesn't fucking help shit neither <laughs> does clapping in india they did uh, they banged uh, what is it called um, pots and pans yeah yeah and pans and pots and all those things i was like okay fine you know doctors condemned this behavior they're like you did you clapped pots for us and then you hit one of us with stones i was like how is that how do you how do you go from cheering for them one day and then literally hitting them with stones the other day mm-hmm. how do you, how do you have these kind of extremes and the reason why is that when the leader says uh, yes do this they're going to be like oh yeah the leader said to do this so i'm going to do this but the moment it comes to an individual because the literacy rate is so low and i'm not talking about okay the literacy means that they need to know how to speak in english i mean by literacy is that they are just well aware of things like they know what a virus can do to someone they know not to panic when a virus comes in they know that if the only way to maybe stop the virus is to flatten the curve so that we will get it all of us but if we get it all at the same time it's not going to help anyone and we have oh, like yeah. how many beds we have like i think uh, 6000 beds for um, just my state in total 6000 that's nothing for that's... for like a, for like a population of like uh, i think so 10 10 million for population that's of 10 nothing nothing like 6000 really. beds and that's government and uh, public sector combined like it's nothing because here for example they actually are kind of one positive aspect is they actually managed to get lots of beds because you know there's the O2 arena in uh, London yeah. they completely transformed that into a not the O2 arena sorry it's kind of like a remember comic con we went yeah, there yeah. like yeah. yeah i know i know which one you're talking yeah about. they could be transformed that into it's, it's uh, a united uh, hospital yeah. yeah exactly they in just India, uh, yeah. they're actually doing that as well so they're turning coaches into uh, like uh, train coaches mm-hmm. so they're tr- turning train coaches into hospitals on wheels which is i think a very smart idea because then you can literally move them to whatever part of the nation you want them to be in so you can do that but then again our trains take at least 24 hours to travel okay from one part to another so like if it's on one extreme and they need it to another extreme so then uh, even turning those into hospitals wouldn't make that much of a difference but mm-hmm. yes it's definitely a smarter idea because in in france i think i saw that people were rushed from paris to other parts of uh, france uh, to make sure that because paris didn't have enough beds they had to rush them to other parts of france but coming back to the fact the amount of uh, power china holds over these international bodies obviously they are one of the five countries who hold a permanent s- seat on the security mm-hmm. council of uh, un so they have a veto power mm-hmm. um i was reading somewhere that america has used the veto over the last last years since since un was formed 80 times compared to that china has used its veto power only 16 times but okay. in the last 11 or 10 years they have used it uh, around 9 times so they have used their veto power 9 times 
so the rest was in their whole history of UN they have used the veto but since 2010 or 11 they have mm-hmm. used most of it and you know earlier um, there were a lot more officials in the UN who were mm-hmm. uh, especially in places of power um, a lot of US official US officials used to be UN officials but now it's chinese officials who are taking over which i don't have any problem with i'm just saying that china has considerable amount of influence of on on these international bodies which i don't think so should be the case like mm-hmm. when you were talking about uh, tedros dr tedros dr tedros yeah. is not even a doctor and i don't want to uh, this is not me challenging his uh, credibility as the head of uh, this thing Uh, as as the head of WHO, but um, what I'm trying to challenge is the idea that stood behind him when he kept on saying the same thing that the Chinese government was also saying that uh, yeah this thing is under control when when initially it was like rising exponentially. Uh, Ted Rose kept on saying everyone should keep their calm. It's restricted in China and it's not going to spread further. Uh, people should not panic and stuff like that. fast forward to march end and it's a global pandemic it's mm-hmm. a global pandemic and guess what dr tedros was um somalia's health health chief as well and guess what why did he get uh get out of that job i think it's ethiopia or somalia yeah ethiopia ethiopia yeah. ethiopia sorry uh so uh, ethiopia and guess guess why guess why was he out of a job because he failed to detect a, a cholera pandemic in ethiopia shit okay yes, he has he has a previous record of this and he's he's been a part of a lot of scandals before this as well well because i mean the way i think he's you know i was reading about it he's not really like a doctor he's a, he's an academic he's a politician so he's someone who who knows how to present himself to the public in fact that's why he looks so He looks like he knows his shit because you know he goes out and he he talks like, you know he he knows what he's talking about. It looks it looks like he's a doctor, but he's an academic. He's someone who was very good at presenting himself, I think, which is kind of good in this situation. You want someone who maybe he has doctors behind him who kind of you know tell him. If, if, if I, I don't want that in this situation. I don't want someone to come to my country and be like everything's gonna be fine, and then three months down the line, I'm seeing that those my what started in my country. has spread all over the world because my country couldn't con- control it and when a foreign international body comes into my country and says that yeah okay everything's going to be fine even they couldn't control it and now it has spread to the world i as a citizen of that country feel feel not ashamed but like responsible at the same time seeing that it has spread all over the world and secondly i feel it's it's a major failure like it's it's such a major failure on on uh, who's behalf that i can't comprehend but also because like it's not like uh, you've seen the film contagion right contagion contagion the one with uh, madame on where i i know which one you're talking about gwyneth paltrow yeah it was there you, you have the world health organization you know and and in that film you see how everyone just deals with it in such a a stellar you know they they all like uh, react immediately after one or two cases uh, they they you see how well prepared they are of course that's that's a film of course and i remember bill gates he was doing um, have you seen his ted talk yeah i've seen his ted talk it was 4 years ago and he predicted this 
Exactly, and he mentions the film. He said, of course, in a film, it's a film. But he, he said four years ago, you know, the World Health Organization, the countries, the people, they're not ready for this because they don't, they don't, because I, me, myself, I wasn't aware that viruses were that common. In the sense that we had, I didn't know there was SARS. I didn't know about the flu, you know, like 10 years ago that it killed, you know, 200,000 people. I had no idea about all of this because I wasn't informed about it. So I think it's only a lack from, I mean, it's like from World Health Organization, but not only in this case, but it's been something that's been lacking for a long time, something that we weren't, we had to get this information slowly, slowly feed us this information. So at this point, we know, okay, this is a big danger. Now we're going to react. But it just came all at once. We didn't know what it was. We didn't know how to react. We didn't know it was serious. And that's why we were here, I think. I mean, I honestly don't know how... I mean, look, this video wasn't made to or to show all, all the doom and gloom around the world. This video was made to make, 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 make ourselves and people we know uh, get a better information. Because we, we've been through a lot of it. Like, because we've been in affected areas, we have seen how it happened in Italy. We have been, me and you, we have been following this since almost day one, since it happened in China. We have been talking and speaking about this. But my problem right now is that I can't see a way out of it. I don't know. I, I feel, I feel very trapped, to be very honest. But I also feel very hopeful at the same time that this is came at a very good time it came at a turn of, of of like a decade turn of a decade and maybe maybe this decade we will uh we will be influenced by this and we will make better life choices because i think that's the best way out of that's the best i'm not way sure that's the, that's the thing like you I have think to... it's a stepping stone i don't know because like stepping stone for evolution no no i know i know what you mean like i i get i i completely agree that you, you we have to change the ways we've been doing things but i'm so like worried that people are just gonna go back doing this thing the things just as they were doing them before nothing i don't think things are really gonna change like it's like you know i only think 2008 was a warning it was like crisis this I feel this is our second warning. I don't think this is the... I think something even worse might happen in, in five, six years. Who knows? Because I don't think people really understand me. I think... I think I feel like, you know, like when Rome was falling, for example, think about it. It, it took a while to fall, but at its end, it was when it was at its... People were parting the most. People were... It was when it was live. Think about it. It's what's happening right now. And people keep repeating the same mistakes again and again and I feel like at some point it's gonna happen where everything is gonna really really gonna go bad because I don't think I, don't, I honestly don't think anything's gonna change after this I think things are gonna go just as before honestly I don't know I mean maybe I, I see it as like a, I, I feel okay I, are you frustrated with the amount of memes that that there have been circulating regarding this because I'm just okay yeah people need to laugh but <laughs> come on man not I mean, too much no, what really frustrates me is not that. It's people doing live videos of like them doing exercise. That fucking drives me crazy. Like live Instagram. That drives me fucking crazy. Bro, I mean, I mean, I get it. You're doing your best to make sure people don't, don't, get, de don't get depressed or don't feel sad or don't feel alone. But the thing is, I feel, first of all, the memes make me irritated. Like, 
I mean, come on, take one thing seriously. Like just just this one. I mm-hmm. I feel I'm I'm maybe they take it seriously. Maybe I'm generalizing and saying that they don't take things seriously. But come on, man. This this is one thing that is is really irritating me, which is which is memes. But again, they're a way of like coping for some people. No, I mean I I think people are taking it seriously. It's just because I think it's good to laugh. Yeah. A bit about it, you know, it's it makes it makes things go easier, you know. It's like if I I agree that some people maybe don't don't joke too much, but I yeah. I think you you have to take it a bit lightly in a way. Like, you know, we have to, like we have to we have to take it lightly to stay sane when we are at home. You know what I think is is also one of the weirdest trends that has been going on is one of those tag tag me tag you tag oh. me tag. <laughs> Wow. I never no I never answer those that shit I I can't stand it I can't uh, it's people really like just really I think this is a good chance also for people to you know uh, to, to to do something like you know, well, write something such, create it's, something it's, it's, it's such a good chance like I mean not everyone's a creator but like I no, mean but even like learn a new language do something yeah learn a new you know? language or some something yeah. like that but instead people are like oh I did this 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 yes bingo. Yeah. I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> I don't get it. Like, it, it's. I think yes. Okay, there's people dying out there and everything. But if you're still here, make something good out of it. Do something. You know, like I don't get why people get. Oh, I cannot stay inside for a month. I could stay inside for a month. I don't care. I like it. <laughs> I'm I'm built to stay inside. <laughs> I don't get. I don't get it. I don't get it either. Like, bro, I've been watching so many films. It's not even funny. Film. <laughs> yeah. I told you I finished like La Casa de Papel uh, um, seasons in uh, in like in like probably a week or two. Yeah. No, I started watching uh, The Wire. It's fucking good. Yeah. It's, it's like it, about. It's about it's Idris Elba's first. Yes. Play. Yes, Idris Elba. Yeah. Who plays an American? Uh, he plays an American. I, I was watching his Hot yeah. Wings, and he he said. Uh, that he actually went in in the in the interview and they were looking for an american guy mm-hmm. but he he went in and and the casting casting uh, lady want to actually give out give a chance to a newcomer because she loves giving chances to newcomers so she gave it to Idris Elba but told him that the time when you are going to meet the director just have like a brooklyn accent <laughs> he went in with a brooklyn accent okay so the director apparently uh, took his uh, interview for like and he took he, he took the call for like he took a call back the second he called him back for the second day and then he called him back on the fourth day and on the fourth day around the fourth day there was this other guy in in also that audition who mm-hmm. was from Ireland and who had the proper Irish accent Dominic West yeah, yeah. he plays yeah and and Idris Elba was like uh, Okay, I hear you, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I knew the moment he saw me, he knew that I was from uh, this thing, I was from London." And then he, he, he asked me the weirdest question ever. He was like, "Not the weirdest, but he, he asked he because he knew, so he asked him, so how was it growing up in Brooklyn?" And then he, was like, <laughs> he, he, he switched from from the Brooklyn accent to a proper British accent, and then he was he, he just started saying how he grew up in London. But uh, apparently, the director by then had said, "Yeah, if you can do this for just getting the part, I'm sure you'll do very good." And it's not a film; it's like a 
you know, five seasons. So it's, you know, like, it's a lot. But I want to talk just one more thing, which is, mm. I know many people have talked about it, but just because it's really funny. You know, like, how famous people are kind of, like, reacting to this because, you know, famous people are, like, used to having attention. Yeah. But now they stopped getting attention. Of course, there's social media, so now they can get a lot of attention. And you know how they sang that song, Imagine? Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. I, I think, oh, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot, yes. Gal Gadot. And, it got, yeah. and it got a lot of shit. A yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. Because people were like, oh, what? Now you think you're going to save the world just because you, you know, you're singing Imagine and shit. So I was just like, I kind of get the side of Gal Gadot where she's just like trying, you know, to you know, make people happy. It's just because it's just, she's just so delusioned that to think that people are actually going to be happy just because her and her few rich friends are singing Imagine. So I'm just thinking that's really funny, like how still when people are dying, they're trying to get attention. I think that's quite funny. I don't get it. But, but bro, I mean, I, I also think that some people would enjoy it. No, no, I think people will enjoy I just think it's it's not really the song, it's what she says at the beginning. Uh, it doesn't bother me too much, like, honestly. But I get why people get bothered by it, because at the beginning she says, she has like a small speech where she says, you know, I, listen to it, we can put it like here on the screen so you can see what we're talking about, because it's, yeah. it's, it's very like, oh yeah, I, I had a thought and I think, oh, I think I can save the world. But no, but not this, but like, it seems like what she's trying to say. I, th I think people might be like what are you trying to do bitch oh sorry no bitch but what are you trying to do you're trying to um to save the world by singing a song so i kind of get why people get angry yeah but well what, what do you think like uh, we have been in isolation for like almost um i think 35 40 days because almost 35 days i think so no for we me it's been two, two weeks no isolating for a long time no, we've, mm. we've been isolating for quite a long time. I still went out before, like, you know, I, I would go, but officially, like, I went, I've still met with some people, like, you know, before, but officially for me, I haven't, like, I did leave to go shopping and run, but apart from that, it's been two weeks. Okay, so, I mean, for me, I've, I've, I've isolated for 35 days. If I count okay. one day, I just traveled from London. If I don't count that day and the day before, before when I was in London, even then, I isolated for like almost six, seven days, maybe more than that. I, I don't know. Um, and after that, when I came, it's already 21 days now. So around 28 days, I've been in isolation, a little more than that actually. And uh, how how are you keeping safe? Like I was speaking I'm... out because of the disease. Yeah. Cause I want to end this podcast with like like something that might help everyone who might watch. Yeah, no, because, like, this is something I see many people, like, trying to ask around. Because for me, like, you know, we go to film school and I like writing a lot. So I, I write. Like, I put myself sometimes. Like, I say, you know, for example, from... Um, I wake up and I usually wake up around 10, sometimes at 12, but it depends. But usually I wake up at, like, 10. And from then until, like, 1, one thirty, I, you know, study or write something or, you know, like, I'm working on some other stuff, you know. And then I I have lunch, I, you know, I rest for a bit, watch a film, then I do a mo one more hour and a half in the evening, around 4 to 5.30, something like that. And then I rest the rest of the evening, because you kind of, I think it's good to have, like, a time frame, like, a, almost a timetable, not 
precise, but something where it keeps you like in a rhythm. Because if you just then start, because you know, if you just just keep it like you know, oh, I just do whatever, you know, you end up just laying in bed all day not doing shit. So I don't know, I don't know what you were doing if you're doing that over. Uh... Nah, I've I've been I've been like I've told you I've I've been watching a lot of films and I've yeah. been noticing things that I haven't noticed before. Obviously, I've I've told you about this that we have noticed a lot of things which. Usually, as as just a viewer, I wouldn't I wouldn't notice it. Uh, other than that, I've been researching in general. I've been uh, writing, and that that's pretty much it. I've been trying to keep fresh, been exercising when I don't have anything to do. Like, obviously, my extent of going out of my room is just to the terrace. I I, I can't because obviously I have to go to places where I don't have interactions with my parents and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Terrace, come back to my room. Pretty much it. I video call you guys. That's my speak social interaction with. <laughs> I actually, I, I feel like I've had more social interaction now than before, because now people that are all bored, they, they, you know, you keep having calls with people because they're all bored in their house. So I feel like I have more of a social life now than I had before. I think music is keeping me a lot sane. Music definitely. Music. Yeah, music is keeping me sane. I don't listen to much music, more films for me. But also, I bought a jigsaw puzzle, which I'm trying to do. <laughs> but nah, it's all green. Music, music, music is definitely keeping me sane. Uh, it's kept me sane most of most of my life. But yeah, music has <laughs> definitely helped me uh, cope with this. I mean, I'm not gonna say it's a very hard time or anything. For me, at least, it's not, because. I mean, come on. When you were eight year old, did you not want everything to be cancelled and just sit at home and watch TV all day? Yeah. Was it, wasn't that the dream? Of course, of course. <laughs> it's still not the dream. It's still now. Wasn't that the dream? Just like everything stops, exams halted, everything's done, and, and uh, guess what? A lot of people are getting promoted without even giving exams. Yeah, uh, my my sister, she didn't have to do exams. Just yeah. Done. She's done. They got promoted. The fuck? <laughs> it's not fair. So the, hasn't this been the dream all all your life? Yeah. So just I'm saying just to people. Under these, just not under these the horrible. F- it's not under these horrible circumstances. But staying home is a good thing. Yeah. It's so, also hard. It's also it's hard. It's not so hard. I mean, yeah, it's not that hard. Plus, you, I mean, I'm sure you you can't. You're staying with your sister, but you can't meet your parents right now. But I can. Once I'm out of self-isolation, I can. I think it's finally time that we all bond with our parents, try to find out more about them, because I think we know more about each other than we know about our parents. You know, they're saying that there's going to be like a high divorce rate after this thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, because, you know, like, I've seen so many, like, memes and, like, these are really funny videos of, like, just, like, people or just husbands being like, I'm going to kill my wife soon, or, like, I finally got to know my wife. Uh, she's not so bad, you know. <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen the memes with which says that uh, day day fourteen without football. I finally realized my girlfriend has pink lips. <laughs> what? What do you mean? Have you never seen her lips before? Well, the funniest one is my father sent me this video of basically like this guy filmed himself like that, speaking like, "Oh, quarantine is going really well. I'm with my wife here," but at the same time, he has some like cards. 
which is yeah. holding up like this. And they say, please help me. My wife is watching, is, is like here, and I cannot do it anymore. And he's, he's, he's saying like, oh, everything is going so well. But at the same time, he's holding up these cards saying, please help me, help, help. <laughs> that's, that's one it's There's one more thing which... Oh, bro. But I miss football. That's, that's one thing which, which always helped me through tough time. I think I miss football. Not so much for me. I miss uh, going to the cinema. That's what I fucking miss. I miss football a lot. Like uh, I think watching games really used to help me. There, there were days when all of us fans used to be excited. That okay, yeah, today is a big match. We have to watch for it. And this, they, all of this kind of changed perspective for me. All of this definitely changes perspective for me. That even my idols, the people who I idolize, who I've idolized since I was a kid. They can also be affected, which is why they have to be quarantined and hence no football matches. And I'm just like, fuck. So, yeah, it kind of change, changes perspective that... Yeah. It's what you, so it shows you, like, even the Olympics, for example. Um, they were talking about cancelling them. And this hasn't been done since Second World War. Like, this is, like, this is something. Like, you know, it's not something that you do, like, you know, for anything. Even in the Cold War, they never stopped the Olympics. Yeah. And now they're thinking of stopping them, or at least... Reducing its, I don't know, like amount of people going, or like you know, like uh, or like reducing it, or making it like uh, less long. I don't know what we're doing, but they haven't decided yet. But I, I think we're gonna get away with it. Like we're gonna get away with this one. But I hope, I really hope that we change the way we, first of all, make sure the people who are in power are qualified, definitely qualified, and. If they're not qualified, at least the people who are behind them are actually qualified. Okay, we definitely. I feel once we get over this, I think we need just like a government body which deals with what is it called these kind of viruses. Like we definitely need like an international cooperation or something which deals with all kinds of viruses, makes vaccines available to people the moment the first gets first case gets def- detected which means they kind of uh, like you know start ma- make sure that uh, they study all of these things and cure make vaccines before and, and make sure that they have gone through human trials animal trials and everything obviously if there's a new virus you can't create vaccines that fast but i mean still if you i think there's a major possibility if you have already vaccines for everything that we have suffered through before there's a very high chance that if if like, you know, uh, making a new one might not take that much time. And also invest in the things which actually matter, which is human resources, which means being prepared for days like this when a whole country has to go into lockdown, then uh, what do you do? Create separate funds for those things. Like, yes, disaster funds normally are for, like, storms, tornadoes and things, but these things pass. Yeah. Storms don't last for months. Tornadoes don't last for months. Earthquakes don't last for months. Volcanoes don't erupt for months. What da- happens is things like this. Yeah, it's a new thing, so we have to adapt to this new thing. It's just even biochemical, uh, you know, like war is a possibility. Like Bill Gates, Bill Gates said it. You know, he said it. It's just like you know, it's viruses is something we'll have to adapt to, and it's we haven't, and but now we have to. I think, yeah. Exactly, and uh, I hope we do this. At least that. At least that. At, at least that. 
at least that because i mean i don't know next time if we have to go into lockdown i don't know how i'm going to pass the time then i'm i'm okay i'm going to be honest i'm out of mind it i'm fine <laughs> i'm fine but it's just that yeah i feel like i want to see how the world you know because obviously we humans have a tendency of rebelling no matter what whatever yeah. whatever is the, like the normal uh if like in a human life there's no flat line it's like it goes up and then it goes down so you can't have like a straight line ever it has to there, there needs to be a change otherwise we would yeah. no one can live a monotonous life okay that that, that never works so i mean keeping this lockdown <laughs> Six months or people something. People have to go. People have to go out. Like they have to because it's yeah. even like I mean there are some people who prefer to stay inside. People who prefer to go out. But in any case, like after one month, anyone, even the most like uh, agoraphobic person in the world, is gonna want to go out. Like yeah, it's every everyone wants to go out. And then Italy is becoming sorry. It's becoming bad because they're taking away every kind of freedom that you can have. Because at least here we can go out once a day for a run. Or we can go shopping in Italy now. You can only go out shopping, and of course you have to write on a piece of paper like when you left, when you from where you go to where you go, and even if you're like a couple, you have to walk one in front of the other of one meter of distance between each other. You know what I mean? Like so now, you, like you cannot do anything outside. Anything. It's here still. I think here it's gonna become like that pretty soon because now. I see too many people going, still going out for no reason, and uh, it, I see the cases rising very fast. And I think the UK is, for how I've seen, they reacted very fast when cases went up. I think they're gonna react again now because it's it's getting bad very very fast here. Mm. Yeah. We'll see you on our channel if you like this video and you wanna see more of this this kind of content. we'll come up with more content every week try to sum up new topics and the news from all over the world um please like share and subscribe to our youtube channel thank see you very you. much and see you next week